Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. May the Lord Almighty do this for us in the name of Jesus Christ. I just also want to thank everyone who's been enduring this year. It's always good to have a good beginning, right? When you begin right, you will have no problem. So God's been preparing us, giving us a very hard subject that most people, it's very difficult for them to really comprehend. Yet, it is the easiest subject. Because I will come even today, you will see how easy it is. You know one thing, let me tell everyone right here now. Do you know that the easiest thing is transformation? I'm sure you will challenge me and say, what is this guy talking about? We'll find out. The easiest thing is transformation. Why? Because it's God who does the transformation. Unto those who are willing. Whatever God does is the easiest thing to do. Because he can just speak it and it will happen. The hardest thing is for us to repent and turn away from evil. That's the hardest thing. So today again, we continue with our total transformation for this year. It is the center of every doctrine of God. Total transformation. One has to. Anyone who wants to follow God must surely do it what? Wholly and fully. Not partially. Not selective obedience. It will not work. Not half-half. God is not that way. There is no partiality with him. The way he does with somebody else is the way he will do with another. That's why he's God. And that is why I thank God. I thank God that he's God. Because there is no way anybody can bribe him. It's not possible to do that. So I know people who hear some of these things when they say, oh, every time from this man, that's what is not from me. There is not even a single word that is proclaimed here that is not supportive word of the scripture of the word. The word of God is life. And it lives forever. So I just want to thank you for the selective few. The remnant of God that has put together to endure this truth that he will use then for his kingdom. Even this afternoon, you know, I was sharing with some brothers in my office. And we wondered what would have happened if the apostles failed. Now, I want you to wonder one thing. If we fell, you know this small group here and those listening on the internet, if we fell, it would be very disastrous. Why? Because how can we, where else do we run to except the truth of God? If we fell, that would not be proper. Because if the apostles failed, everything would have been over. So today, I will answer three questions. The what, the why, and the how of transformation. Let's just get that so that maybe people will know that it is not as almost impossible as if anyone does it. Think. Then next week, we'll deal with those hindrances. And perhaps that may be the end of the series. The hindrances. Those things that hinder us from total transformation. But today, what is actually transformation? Let's see if we can begin to summarize and get a clear understanding. What is total transformation into the image of Christ? Let me put it this way. 
that transformation is actually the actualization of the newness of life. Remember? If <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if, if any man be in Christ, is what? A new creation, or you may call it a new creature, because like somebody is a new creature. He said, all things of the old are past. Now behold, there is a new person. There's a newness of life. One who's been transformed. No more the old thing. You see caterpillar. I don't, I, I hope, I, I, I'm not a science person. Oh, I, I used to be a little bit, you see. I don't, want to get, I don't want to mess up here. I know you see a caterpillar hanging all of a sudden from, from being a caterpillar. Then there's a transformation that brings about what? A butterfly. Oh my goodness. How did this happen? Nicodemus would have been able to break up his neck and said, no way. How could it happen? And Christ said, see, you don't. It's the spirit of God that does things. You don't understand what God is talking about. So the transformation is actually the actualization of what? What did I say? Newness of life. Let's read Romans, please. 6, 1 to 4. Romans 6, 1 to 4. Yes. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Mm -hmm. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, mm -hmm. even so we also should walk in newness of life. We should walk in newness of life, a transformed life. A total transformed life. Otherwise, we're not, we're not following God. Now, the newness of life, Paul tried a little bit to give us some glimpse of what the newness of life looks like. Paul was just giving us that. Can you read me? Go ahead from that, verse 5 to 13. Romans 6, 5 to 13. Yes. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death... Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Mm -hmm. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. That might, the body of sin, a transformed individual, a born child, a young little child that born today, no sin. That the body of sin might go. In other words, the body of sin that held us back before. We no longer that. We're putting now a new life. Go on, please. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Mm -hmm. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, mm -hmm. dies no more. Mm -hmm. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died... He died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, mm -hmm. but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. This is all that's been going on this year. Do not let sin anymore. 
Brothers and sisters, please, listen to me. I'm, I'm just here saying something. Yet I'm not telling you that I'm anywhere at all. Good. But I'm praying to God. I'm willing. Our worshiper was saying, I give myself away. I'm willing to say, from now, Lord, here I am. I give myself away. Willingly surrender. Do that what you want me to do. He said, he said someone who actually has stopped sinning, had what? One who is dead has stopped sinning. Now listen to me. One who is dead has stopped sinning. So one who, is, who sins is still alive unto himself and the world. But we are supposed to be dead, Christ, and then rise again unto him. That's why the scripture said, Ephesians 4, please, 24. Do you think you can read up to 32? Ephesians 4 from 24 to 32. Yes. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Mm -hmm. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, mm -hmm. but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, yes. by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, mm -hmm. forgiving one another, even as God even in Christ as God forgave, forgave you. Any little thing that will really bring you down and you go back again to where you were before, let it go. Any little thing. Even an appearance of evil. I'm not talking about doing evil anymore. I'm talking about even appearance of it. If you look at Romans 14, 16, it says what? It says, let not your own good works be evil spoken of. Whatever anybody will perceive and say, my goodness, even though it's just perception, that's good enough to really blaspheme your God. The newness of life. We're going to answer the what, what, the why, and the how in just one hour. And God will give us. It will be, it will be a summary because we have dealt with something like that before. So now, what are we talking about? One who is totally transformed is one who is actually saved. Hi. I wish people all over the world will get this. One who is totally transformed is the one who is saved. You know, we go about boasting we are saved. We are saved. Everybody saved by whatever they want to be saved. But without transformation, without total transformation, there is no salvation. Because salvation is what? Read me Colossians 1.13, please. Colossians 1.13. Yes. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And conveyed us, listen to me, and transformed us. If a maker's rumba was delivered from darkness that I was before, 
and have not been transformed or transferred or what? Translated into that image of light. If I'm no longer in the, if I'm not in the light, I am still in darkness. Let me not claim to be delivered. It's of no use to anybody. So salvation includes deliverance from darkness. Your eyes being open, you see now your nakedness, and all of a sudden the darkness is so prevalent. And then you are not only that you don't remain there, but now you are transformed. That's what salvation is. Let no one deceive anyone. That's what salvation is. But we are told one thing. So if I want to say that, then, then I'm trying to say this. According to the scriptures, we are saved by what? Grace. By grace. Ephesians 2, 8 says that by grace you are saved. So can anybody then define to me what grace is? Even, yes, even last week I, I, I said something about grace. That, forget about what I said a long time ago. That is what I defined. I said last week. So let's, put, let's, let's try to get this to narrow it down now. So this grace then becomes what? That's a good one. Okay. Salvation or transformation is the fruit of grace. Let's go back. Remember last week I said for the, what? For the love God has for us. Okay? God so loved the world, he had mercy. Because of mercy, mercy begets what? Grace. Grace begets what? Repentance. Now let's let's put this here now. Grace repentance. Then repentance begets what? Transformation. That is the general regeneration and transformation. And that's where the biggest problem we have right now. That's we have that. And we stop at a certain point, and God tells us, Christ, let's put it, Christ is that vine. Oh my goodness. Christ is that vine and grace that from God is an extension of Christ. The right hand of Christ is grace. And that's a branch. And if you look at the scriptures, it tells us one thing. In John 15, 1-2, it says that the branch that does not conform to you know, the image I have, I'll cut it off. It's not when saying it. And not people who are just saying, oh no, nah, God will understand. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Christ himself saying it. You want to read it so that they, don't, they will not know it's not as rumba. John 15, 1 and 2. I am the true vine, mm -hmm. and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. But later on, you see where Christ is defining this very fruit. It's not every fruit. Remember, not every fruit is good. There are good fruit and there's bad fruit. And John was also telling us about that fruit. Can you read Matthew 3, please? 8. Then you read 10, 8 and 10. Matthew 3, 8 and 10. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruit worthy of what? Repentance. Now go to grace and repentance that will give you into transformation. And that's, we're going to come even next week and see where that's the biggest hindrance. Most of us, let me put it this way. Sorry for interrupting you. Repentance is, <laughs> repentance is not useful except, except what? Except it actually leads you to no more repentance. 
Oh, I know that spiritual. We're going to get it now. Repentance is no good, except it leads you to no more repentance. Did anybody who, who, who said that? Let's just leave where I said to read. You want to read? <laughs> read me Hebrews 6, 6 1, please. Hebrews 6 1. Yes. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, mm -hmm. let us go on to perfection. To perfection. Listen to me. Yes. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith again. toward God. Not laying again the foundation of dead work. What am I talking about? I'm not saying that one, when you repent, you will not continue to repent. That's not what I'm saying. But if I say, my father who is in heaven, you see this bottle of water that I offended you. I'm sorry. But tomorrow I go and do it again. I didn't repent. Please understand what I'm saying. Repentance is a remorseful, we come to it next week. It's a remorseful thing where you say, no more. I've offended this, my sister, they're talking about. If I continue to do that, I have not repented. So true repentance that gives you transformation is repentance actually you don't go back repenting. I'm not saying that if you offend, you don't go back and repent. Please understand me. But I'm saying the one that God takes more seriously is just, this I have, my child is serious about it. You know one thing? God is watching the heart. It doesn't mean that you may not fall and do something he doesn't like. But you want to see that heart that is repenting. Is that heart sincerely what? Repent. Exactly. If it is, God will help you to overcome many things. So we're talking about now grace. So what we're talking about, somebody, transformation then becomes what? A total spiritual fusing together. You know, we have things fused together as one with God. That's what it is. For one to be God. And it tells us that anybody who wants to be one with him must also be as he is. Read me First John, please, 3, 3. 1 John 3, 3. Yes. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Just as God is. Read me 1 John 4, 7, please. 1 John 4, 7. Yes. Beloved, mm -hmm. let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Mm -hmm. And knows God. Read me 17. 1 John 4, 17. Mm-hmm. Love has been perfected among us in this, mm -hmm. that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we as in this he world. Is, so are we in the world because, you see, flesh and blood cannot enter what? The kingdom. Because God is spirit. And Christ, that's why he sent his only begotten son. The world's gone astray. They will not understand. Go and tell them that those who will worship me, the true worshippers will worship me in spirit and in truth. Because I'm spirit. They cannot be worshipping with this flesh. It won't work for that. Therefore, that's why he said those of them of worship me, this is the, the way it will go. So one who is actually now transformed, is that's what the actual individual who is born of what? Again. Forget about it. You know, every, you, you, you see one million people now, they tell you, we are born again. And then trouble starts, you see who is born again. A test comes, you watch who is born again. A born again is not a born again, what? Mouth. But what you do in the heart? Who said that? Didn't Paul say that? Read me Romans, please, too. 
29. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Yes. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. Mm -hmm. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Whose praise is not from men, but from God. We're going to get to that area, because that's what we're going to say, how? How do you get transformed? I, I pray we'll, we'll get it tonight. I thought this night and next week, we're through with, we're through with this. But you see, one who is born again is now a spirit of God. According to John 3, 5 to 6, he said, well, those who are born of the spirit, they're spirit of God. That's only ones who can actually relate to God, because God is spirit. And those people who are, who are spirit have spiritual attitudes. They are Christ-like. They have to be one with Christ. Because Galatians 3, 27 tells us one thing. Say, as many as are baptized unto Christ, they have put on Christ. They have become Christ. The reason being that if you are not in agreement with Christ, you're not going to be able to walk with him. Isn't it what Amos 3 tells us? He said, well, two cannot walk together except they what? Except they agree. You have to be able to agree with someone for them to do that. If I sit at Joanne and the, the lawyers, those two the lawyers, when I went to law school, they call it the meeting of the mind. The two minds meet. In other words, if the two minds did not meet, obviously there's no agreement. You go to court, the court will throw it out. If you and I had an agreement, and I thought that we were trying to buy a Bible, and you thought we were buying a plane, that is too much. There's no way these two people can work together. And that's why Christ said, see, I am my father. We are one. We're going to be one. And he tells us clearly, you are either with me or you're against me. Because it will not work that way. Are you, are you, are you following me? And then, see, so somebody who is Christ-like has those four, what? Spiritual characteristics. I'm not going to go through all of them right now because we're saying what is transformation. But some of us are new, even here, even on the line. There's a spiritual transformation you check it and see whether actually you are God or not. Number one, spiritual heart. Remember it? Yeah. We're not going to go in detail. Spiritual heart. The heart of compassion. Heart of love. That heart. That's the heart of God. The heart of God. Where God dwells. In John 14, 23, he said, Well, if you obey me and keep those who obey me and love me, I will come in and dwell with them. The heart where God dwells is what we're talking about. The sacrifice of God. That is one who is actually now following God. Psalm 51, 17 says what? The sacrifice of God is what? A broken heart, a contrite spirit. That's where it comes. So we must all have a new heart, a spiritual heart. And that's what God has promised. God is the one who promised that he will give it to us. If we're willing, if we're willing. Ezekiel 11, 19, 20, please. Ezekiel eleven nineteen and 20. You can read me only 19, doesn't matter. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, mm -hmm. and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh. Now search yourself, and I've been searching myself, and I'm telling you I'll be the first to raise my hand up and say, look, Lord, I am not here. If from your, your heart... God knows you, you know, you are nowhere. He will help you. The heart I'm talking about, have you searched yourself? You know, God is talking about the heart of flesh. 
The heart now that is so compassionate and loving. Not the heart that offended easily. Or the same heart that has not changed. Or the same heart that walks around so gently and you think it's so peaceful. But then the moment you step on, 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 on the toe, my goodness, the heart flares up again. You see, if you look at 1 Samuel 10, 9, God gives. He said, as soon as King Saul, I'm doing this because I want to finish this, this treatise today. That's why, otherwise, that, that, uh, Goma would be reading just about everything. He said, as soon as, I said, 1 Samuel 10, 9, right? You want to read it? I mean, so let me just. <laughs> so it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel mm -hmm. that God gave him another heart. God gave him another heart. Without that new heart, let me tell you one thing. There are four characteristics of knowing who is born again. All those four characteristics are all embodied in two keys. No matter however you look at it, it's still gonna, you will see now. That same key of, keys of love and obedience could be the same thing. A new heart, that heart of compassion, a heart that bleeds and cries when his enemy is suffering. That's the heart, not pretending, but that somebody had to be transformed. The heart is now a different heart. No longer a heart of stone, but a heart of what? Because you see, you know one thing? Brothers and sisters, pray for that heart. Because without it, you're not going to get the other characteristics. It's not possible. It starts from there. Why? Because God made it clear in Matthew 5, 8. He said, blessed are those who are pure. Those are the only ones. Pure where? In the heart. Because God searches the heart. There is nothing else that God looks at but the heart. Where is it? Romans 8, 27, please. Romans 8, 27. Yes. Is here Romans 8, 27? Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now who searches the heart? You have to have that heart of God because in that heart, God lives. In that heart. That's why he promised a new covenant with Christ coming. Read me Hebrews 8, 10, please. Just only 10. Hebrews 8.10. Yes. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind mm -hmm. and write them on their hearts. I write them that I will come and dwell there. Because even in Isaiah, right? Isaiah 66, 1 to 2. Isaiah 66, 1 to 2. Yes. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Mm -hmm. Where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made mm -hmm. and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, mm -hmm. on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. On this one, the heart will I look. If you look at Hebrews 3, 6. Hebrews 3, 6. Mm -hmm. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. Whose house we are, yes. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm to the end. You see, because our heart, our hardened heart, drives God out of his own house. He has to have the house he can come in. That's why, if you look at it, we don't have the time, right? If you, if, you, if, you, if you look at Revelations, what, 320, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and do what? And knock your heart. Open up. 
if you want to open up. So one who is totally transformed is that heart. It starts from there. The heart has changed. It's no longer the same. Then, of course, you know, the second one, of course, you know, it, it's in that book if you have time. That's where, where we dealt with it very, very elaborately. Is spiritual mind. Not only that we have to have the mind of Christ, we must have the mind that is in Christ. Don't misunderstand me. See, the Bible said we should have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2, 16. We have to have that mind that's in Christ. No longer our own mind. But also we have to have the mind that was in Christ. Philippians, okay, let's read Philippians, Philippians 2, 3, please. Yes, Philippians 2, 3. Now let's stop right there. Sorry, before you, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, don't, do that. forgive me for that. What is the mind of Christ? Don't get there. There's a second one. Where, what is the mind of Christ? Isn't the mind of Christ a spiritual mind? God bless. It's a spiritual mind. That's holiness and that righteousness. But then there is also a mind that is in Christ. Most of us, we claim to be holy. We are doing very well. But we miss that area of the mind that is in Christ. That is the brokenness and humility that Sidogoma is talking about. Whatever you do, if you have not come to the point where you are so broken that you become nothing, you don't have the mind of Christ and it's not in you. Because that's how he humbled himself. We're not going to read the whole of them, but read me Philippians 2, 3. And then 5 to 8. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, mm -hmm. but in lowliness of mind. In lowliness of mind. Let yes. each esteem others better than himself. Yes. Verse 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, mm -hmm. but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let's, uh, let's put it. The mind that was in Christ. Every one of us, I want to let you know this. Whatever you are doing, even on the job, your business. Let Christ reign. Humble yourself no matter whatever it is. Believe me, if you do, you'll be promoted. If not by a man, but God will promote you. To the extent that there comes in my mind, even the slightest thought, that I'm doing anything greater or better than any one of you, then the time has come I will fall. I'm just telling you right now. You know why? We're all given different things to do. We're going on missions. You come and see we are on, on missions, you, you, you'll be surprised. You come and see what Pastor Charles will be doing or Pastor Godwin, or anybody else who will be going with us, Joanne, everyone who was there. They all operated as servants of Christ, not of man. It wasn't anything at all. Everyone doing whatever you want to do. You think my standing and or sitting down and, okay, this is the word of God because the, the Lord is using me maybe to teach. Not that I'm teaching anything. That's greater than what Pastor Charles is doing. He gets the message out there. Even on a mission, people say it. Many people, they just say, we've never seen people like this. It's because that mind of Christ 
when one knows he's not serving any human being, but God. That's what we should all know. And we follow that with that humility. We cannot follow God. That mind. And we should also not have the mind that is fertile, all right? Fertile completely. The fertility of this world, vanity. And that's what is killing most of our people. Go home, the same situation. The mind. There's hardly anybody that can tell you in certain parts of the world. I'm not going to start saying anything here. We have gone. There are many places where they no way. Don't, let them claim whatever they want to claim. No, no, nobody is born again there. Because if the mind is still what? In bondage. The person is not free. It's not possible to say I'm a new creature. I am transformed. But you know one thing? My heart is transformed, but my mind is still there. How can that be? Transformation is total. Give me Ephesians 4, please. 17 and 23. Are you sure we're going to go to this evening? Maybe not. Ephesians 4, 17 and 23. Yes. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind. In the futility of their mind. Read 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewed in the spirit of your mind. If, for example, what happened back home and everywhere, we still, remember last year we did, we dealt what? Spiritual fear in our conference. If I'm still spiritually fearful, and I'm said, even some of us, even sitting here, looking at me right now, there are some of us up to now, something will still happen, they start wondering, I wonder, I wonder who did that, who, how, this, how this happened. If you live that way, you will never be transformed. Let what happens happen. Are you, are you telling me, right? You see, there's nothing that will happen that will carry you, that will kill you. God is God. If God is with you, who can be against you? So that's why, if you look at it, that's 2 Timothy, everybody knows it, 1, 7, right? God did not give us the spirit of what? Or fear. So let's leave the, the, the mind right now. Then, because I was just summarizing, spiritual body. The body is not for fornication or adultery. Or I'm living with my boyfriend or girlfriend. This is okay. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a modern world now. It's a new era. I can do whatever I want to do. No. It cannot be. Because the body of anyone who thinks he belongs to God is a temple, he calls it, of the Holy Spirit. But there's one thing you want to know. There is no way the body can be transformed except the heart and the mind have been transformed. When your mind is away from what? The fertility of, the, fertility of this world. When the mind is away from the things of this world. Because if you look at Romans, right? Chai. Look at Romans 8. 5 to 8. Do you want, do you want us to continue? Okay, read it. Here. Romans 8, 5 to 8. For those who love a... Who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Mm -hmm. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Right. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and Let's peace. Let's stop right there. Because you have time, you can read it because of the time. So the body you have, one who is transformed, listen to me, my brothers and sisters. Then your body should be the holiest temple. The temple you see, all this cathedral, God lives there. He doesn't live there. I don't live there. I live in the person. So sanctify yourself and clean yourself for God to come in and take over and live with you. 
And when God lives, it should be the holiest temple. One, I've turned to God. I am now new. It's all things. My body should be. I don't defile it anymore for God. And he warns us and says, stay away from anything that is immoral. Because it will not really do anybody any good at all. Right? Are you with me? Okay, we all know this. First Corinthians, right? Six. 19 to 20. Do you have that? Yes. First Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, mm-hmm. whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Mm-hmm. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. But what is Paul talking about? What is Paul hammering at? Let's go up. What? What? Paul talking about. Let's go on to the same thing. For that first Corinthians 6, right? Let's try try from 5 to 8. Oh, really, really, sorry. Let's cut it. Try for, go ahead, try from 5 to 18. 5 to 18. Yeah, you got a problem. I say this to your shame. Is it is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one? Who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, mm-hmm. and that before unbelievers. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you yes. that you go to law against one another. Go on. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? Mm-hmm. No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. When you have time, you read it. Why do we take offense when our brother sometimes will just die and say, this is the right thing to do? Why? If you will, whatever you do, do not forsake our tradition. There's something about our tradition and culture that I cherish more than anything else that you have here. That is when the brother that loves you so much, so well, will chastise you and say, what you are doing is not right. And you say, thank you very much for telling me that. You love me so much. But here, if you do it to somebody who was brought up here, they'll get offended. But our people, it shouldn't be what should be. The body should be the holiest. And God tells us, you know one thing? That's where I live. Because there I live. If anybody destroys that place, I will destroy him. First Corinthians 3, please, 16 to 17. First Corinthians 3, 16 to 17. Yes. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Mm-hmm. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Which temple you are? If Osrumba defiles the temple of God, my own and the temple of God of another. Remember one thing. God is not talking about the temple of God that's only myself. The temple of God is also my other sister and whatever that is there. If I defile the God, said, I will destroy it. I'm not the one who said it. He said, I will. Because you have violated my house. You know, they say that word, a man's house is what? His castle. You're driving God out of his house. He doesn't like that. Especially those who are married. Because there's no point you stealing when you have something you already have. Now, I mean, I know it's the truth. Because if I steal bread, when I have bread, man, I got a problem. So for those who are actually, this is the holiest temple you will get. 
And then you got to have what? A spiritual, a new spirit. And we're going to just, that spirit, God said in Ezekiel 11, 19, I'll give them a new spirit. It's a new spirit of God. It's a spirit of God that quickens everything. But I know we're not going to get anywhere this, this evening. I thought we're going to. But whatever it is, that's one area of that new spirit. Unto those who are totally transformed. These are the ones who walk in the spirit. They are walking the spirit and they are led by what? By the spirit of God. Forget about them. I mean, people will just shout at me and quote me and say, oh, don't tell me that Romans 8.1. There's therefore no condemnation on those. I said, have you finished? You have finished no condemnation, but he said those who walk in the spirit. Don't forget that. That's those who are the spirit of God walking with Christ. Who are those who walk in the spirit? Those who walk with Christ that are pleasing to him all the time. Those are the ones who say that there's no more condemnation that they have. So, but you have a situation where, with this new spirit, Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by this spirit, they are the children of God. But Romans 8, 9 tells us what? But if anybody does not have this spirit in him, it's none of his. Spirit of love, forgiveness, compassion. And that happens. Remember, there was an example that was given in the book. Where actually, it was Luke 9, right? Luke 9, you know, Christ was going to Jerusalem. Going to Jerusalem, and then he told his two apostles, the, the, what apostles, James and John, you know, you go and tell that Samaritan village, I'll be coming through there. And when they went there, they told them, we don't want to see that man. No, we don't want to see him. And John and James were so angry. And immediately they recalled that song. There was a lady who sang a song, Lord of, what, God of Elijah, send on fire. And cons- that, no, that, there's a song like that, right? Remember? Okay. Lord of Elijah, send on fire. James and John said, you know one thing, you know. Lord, you know one thing, don't forget we have the power to destroy. Would you want us to call God like Elijah did? Is that in 54, 55? Luke 9, 54 and 55. Yes. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. The spirit you are of is a spirit of what? Salvation is to save, not to destroy. It's not the spirit of an eye for an eye. It's not a spirit of Holy Ghost fire, come and kill my destiny. That's not the spirit that you have anymore. The spirit that you have is the spirit of love, the spirit of interception that intercedes for people and say, God, have mercy. Because he has called us to go and serve. As the Father sent me, so I send you to go and do that. So that's that new spirit that you and I should have right now. And if we don't have that spirit, we are what? No, no, none of his. I'm not the one who said that. I guess that's a judgment. If we don't have that spirit, we're none of his. We have 8.15. And I know Sister B.C. had told me many times, I'd never say that maybe next week will be the end of any kind of series. And I'm not going to go, because if I go right now, I'm worried about why. But I can only say one, because why is only like one paragraph. Everybody should have been able to know since we started this year, I mean this year, why the total transformation. 
Without total transformation, nobody will see the face of God. I, and I don't know how else I want to say it. Because, you see, yes, nobody will see the face of God because he said it. You cannot be selective. You cannot do what? You cannot partially obey. One who breaks one law has broken all. According to the will of God. God wants us to see him, to live, to be with him. He has extended his hand. If you look at Isaiah 65, what, 2, he said, what, all day I stretch out my hand. I'm begging on what? My children come. But they will not walk that way. And Jeremiah 6, you see 16 to 17, he said, what? I've been wanting them to walk that way. That way that will bring life. But they don't want to walk there. The same thing Christ did when he came. He said, what? Seek that straight way. And that narrow gate to enter. So there is no other way somebody can really see God except it's totally transformed into the image of God. And that is working with God and not working on your own way. We may not have the time, but I know that next week we deal a little bit of how. That is one main area. How do you get transformed? But I want you to go home this evening to know one thing. How? Is the easiest thing. I am telling you. I know Marzi just saying it's hard. It's hard. No, it's not hard. You know why? You know one thing? It's the easiest thing. Because it's God who does that part. There's something, when we come next week, we, we deal with how. There's something I used to tell my soccer players. I said, Why are you laboring? They will go there and chase the field and running all over the place. Watch professionals. You know, short, short, easy passes, short, short, easy, because they don't want to run themselves out in 90, 90 minutes. They don't want to die. But the young ones will be chasing and chasing, and I called them and said, what? When I play this game, if I did this, I would not be here today. I said, I need to let you, I'm telling you, I said, you know what? Let the ball do the work. When you pass the ball, the ball is doing the work for you. When you let the Spirit of God do the work, all he's trying to tell you is, that, look, you know, you know one thing? If you are willing, I will do it. It's not by mind, it's not by power, but by my spirit. It's the spirit of God who transforms. The spirit of God transforms. The spirit of God quickens. If we can understand that wherever we are, we don't have to worry so much about, oh my God, what is this man talking about? Nobody can do this. Nobody. Because Rumba cannot do it. But the spirit of God with him, all things are possible. Unto those who are just simply what? Willing. If they're willing to totally surrender, God says, I will come and I will do it for you. And then I'll give you a new spirit and a new heart. We come to that next week and then we deal with the hindrances. And hopefully we end or we continue, I don't know. But whatever it is, I know that the Lord Almighty has cleared our eyes a little bit this very night, this very evening. Let us go home reassured of his love and his mercy and grace and what he has done for us. And that he's able, he's able to transform us, to help us. But my brothers and sisters, be willing because the choice is still ours. And God will never take that away from us. If we are willing, he will surely do it. I know and I pray that you feel better. Even those on the line feel better when you hear this now. That all you need to do now is just surrender all to him. And say, what? Have your way. I'm not my own. And then I give myself away. If you do that, the Lord says, 
I will help you. And I will do that. And with him, all things are possible. May the Lord Almighty bless you and keep you and transform you to the end that you may actually have the full knowledge of him and abide in him and with him forever and ever in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.